Welcome to the Eating Habits for Life podcast. I'm Kate Johnston, and I'm an eating habit and weight loss coach for career women. I'll help you become the person who no longer has bad eating habits and loses the weight she really wants to in a way that lasts. Let's start. Hey there, my lovely. Welcome to the podcast. Let's talk about the five best ways to avoid failure, whether that be failure with getting control of your eating habits or losing weight. And what I mean by failure is either not making any progress at all, making some progress, but then giving up, making some progress, then losing that progress, and everything in between. No one likes failure, myself included, so that's why I wanted to bring this podcast episode to you to help you to avoid the thing that doesn't feel good at all. And I do just want to mention that true failure really is giving up because you don't truly fail until you stop doing, until you stop working toward your goal. Even if you feel like you're failing because you're not making the progress that you want to be making, you're still in the game, so to speak. You can still succeed. But if you give up completely, then there's no chance of succeeding, right? You're essentially causing yourself to fail. So that's my definition of true failure, but I know that your definition might be different. Your definition of failure might be not making enough progress, making some progress, then losing that progress, or feeling like you haven't made any progress. Before I jump in, speaking of feeling like you are failing, I am doing a workshop on how to manage food cravings. That includes food in general or a specific type of food or even ingredient like sugar. The workshop is free and it's virtual via Zoom. It's on Wednesday, March 29th at 12 p.m. noon Eastern time, so New York time. So that would be 11 a.m. Central time, 10 a.m. Mountain time, and 9 a.m. Pacific time. If you're listening in from another country, I don't know all the other time zones, so I apologize. You'll have to look up your own time zone. Why you're going to want to sign up for this workshop is because if you have cravings, I know you're trying to fight them without success. I can guarantee it. I will be teaching you a tiny bit of the science behind cravings so you can understand your cravings. I will also be teaching you what to stop doing. Hint, hint, fighting them. I'm going to tell you why fighting cravings isn't working and tell you how to manage them instead so you can finally have some freedom from them. If you can't make the live workshop, sign up anyway, because if you're on the list, I'll send you the replay the day after so you don't have to miss out and can learn how to manage your cravings as well. So sign up with the link on the episode page, or if you're listening in an app like Apple or Spotify, the link to sign up is in the episode description at the bottom. All right, so these five best ways to avoid failure are in no particular order. However, number five helps with all four of these. 
And might I add that these are the five best ways that I thought would be easy to explain in a podcast episode. However, there are certainly additional things that will help you to avoid failure. Lots of them. I'm only going to discuss the top five though, because these five will be the most useful to you and they're easy to understand. Well, number four is a little more of a concept than the others. So listen closely on that one if you're not doing something like driving. The first one that I want to talk about as far as one of the five best ways to avoid failure is to find and address your trigger. What I mean by trigger is what is triggering you or prompting or cueing you to do a particular action, meaning some sort of eating behavior, or not do a particular action, meaning maybe an inaction like watching TV instead of prepping, I don't know, your lunch for the next day or going for a walk, things like that, right? So what is triggering you to dig into the potato chip bag when you get home from work? What is triggering you to choose the hamburger over the salad? What is triggering you to eat more than you needed to at dinner? So finding your trigger is very important because if you want to break any sort of bad eating habit, you can't keep letting the trigger trigger you. Or you have to learn the skills to be triggered by the trigger, but not let it cause the behavior. Said differently, you have to learn the skills to encounter or experience a trigger, but not act upon it, not react to it. You might have an idea of what one or two of your triggers are, but you'll have the most success with changing your eating habits or losing weight by knowing all of your triggers and addressing all of them. Of course, you don't have to address all of them at once, but it's really good to have awareness of all of them and start addressing each one of them one at a time. If you try to address all of them at once, that can be way too much, but managing each of them over time will work wonders with helping you be more intentional and future focused with your actions and not act instinctually or habitually. Managing those triggers will help you gain control and not feel like you're using a whole lot of brain power to control your eating behaviors. All right, another best way to avoid failure with changing your eating habits or losing weight is to make small changes. You might feel like you're not making a lot of progress with weight loss, or you might be losing weight and then gaining it back because you're making too large of changes. Too large of changes with foods and or amounts. That is so difficult for your brain. Your brain likes subtle changes. You might find that you do pretty well with your eating habits for the first couple of weeks, maybe even the first month or two, making larger, more drastic changes. However, you will find that it's just too much and you end up giving up. That's that true failure I talked about at the very beginning of the episode. And that doesn't mean anything about you. That's just because our brains were not wired to like change. Our brains don't want drastic change. Our brains were wired or created to resist drastic change, 
to our human brains, a big change means instability. So if you find something hard to maintain, it's because it's too big of a change. So go smaller. With eating habits and weight loss, it's not go big or go home, unless we're talking about dream goals, right? If you've been listening to me for a little while, I really encourage you to dream big with your goals because typically you're more capable of things than you think. So again, with eating habits and weight loss, it's not go big or go home. It's go small or go home. Okay, so the next of the five best ways to avoid failure with eating habits or weight loss is to be as consistent as possible, as frequent as possible. Consistency and frequency are huge when it comes to habits. If you want to lose weight and keep it off, you're going to have to build the habits that assist with that. And it's more than just what you're eating, might I add. It's also more than exercise and even hydration and sleep habits. There are other habits involved that really assist with weight loss. They also really assist with any eating habit change, even getting control of emotional eating and also with cravings. There are thought habits that need to form and thought habits that need to be broken. There are even habits when it comes to your feelings and your emotions. It's all linked together. These are huge when it comes to creating the results that you want. That's what I help you with. And that leads me to the fourth best way to avoid failure when it comes to weight loss or changing your eating habits. Again, though, these are not in order as far as ranking of importance. I just put them in this order because this made the most sense to me as far as flow. So this next best way to avoid failure is using your own thoughts to your advantage. What do I mean by this? This is something that you can do a little bit of by yourself that will make a massive difference in your results. A lot of though is done by working with me, a coach, because coaches don't just coach you on the actions and the skills, but also on your thoughts. This is why I love coaching so much. Your thoughts are so incredibly powerful. And I'm not talking woo-woo. I'm talking actually based on science. Coaches help people with their thoughts. They help people create results that they want by using their thoughts to help them. So the same thing is true for eating habits and weight loss. So coaches help people avoid creating results that they don't want as well by using their thoughts to help them avoid those undesired results. An example of an undesired result would be if you're trying to lose weight, but instead you gain 10 pounds, right? So you're probably asking, well, how does this work? When it comes to eating habits and weight loss, what do you think gets in your way of doing the actions you need to do to create the results you want. Just take a little moment to think about it. When you don't get up to make your lunch for the next day, or you don't get up to go for that 20 minute walk that you had committed to earlier, what is it that prevents you from doing so? And also, what do you think can sometimes cause actions that will help you get the results you want with eating habits and weight loss? Meaning, what is it that sort of prompts you to do the things you need to do to create your results? It's your feelings. 
how you feel in your body. So your feelings are also known as emotions. For example, you might feel motivated or excited to go grocery shopping for some healthy foods and throw away all the quote unquote junk foods in your kitchen at the beginning of your eating habit or weight loss journey. So the feeling there is motivated or excited. You might feel stressed and eat a few cookies in an attempt to decrease that stress, right? So that would sort of hinder your progress with your eating habits or weight loss. And so the emotion there that is causing you to do the action that then creates the result of sort of hindering your progress is the emotion of stress, right? So those feelings or emotions that you experience are just sensations felt in your body. And I'm not talking about sensations like on your skin, like if it's hot or cold out. Now, what do you think causes your feelings? Your brain does. More specifically, your thoughts. So not to get too sciencey on you, but your emotions are just physical sensations felt in your body because of your nerves primarily, and your nerves get their signals from your brain, specifically from your thoughts. So what kind of a thought might produce a feeling of motivation when you throw away the quote unquote junk food in your kitchen? Maybe something like, I can't wait to not have these tempting foods in the house so I can finally lose weight. By the way, just a disclaimer, I don't necessarily think that throwing away the junk food in your house is solving the problem. Sometimes it is helpful not having it there, of course, but also it's just as easy for you to go to the grocery store and buy all the junk food again, right? It absolutely can help to to get rid of it if, if it's a visual trigger or even just a mental trigger, just knowing it's there in your cabinets, but it isn't a real solution to the underlying issue. It's kind of like a Band-Aid. Helpful, but not going to quote-unquote treat the underlying issue. And that's just a perfect example of why working on your thoughts and feelings assists with your actions. That's part of treating that underlying issue. So just a note, another word for actions that I commonly use is behaviors. Behaviors also includes inaction or reaction, so not doing actions or doing actions as a reaction to something. So part of using your thoughts and feelings to help you do the actions or inactions that will lead to the results you want is awareness of your thoughts. Awareness also of the feeling that each thought causes in your body. And oftentimes this is a skill to be learned, to be practiced and learned. And also awareness of the actions, reactions, or inactions that that feeling produces. So awareness of the behaviors that the feeling produces. You can then decide if you want to shift the thought so that it creates a different feeling in your body leading to different actions, reactions, or inactions. Many times you aren't even aware of these thoughts and how they are ultimately affecting your results, which is why it's so helpful to have another person, i.e. a coach, help you to identify and manage this. So think of it like this. I, of course, have to use a medical example just because of my background in medicine, but think of this. You might be experiencing some symptoms 
and can identify what those symptoms are, making it easy for you to self-diagnose and without a background in medicine, right? You can then take an over-the-counter medication, prescribe yourself some rest, maybe use an ice pack if it's something like a physical injury, even eat some chicken noodle soup, right, if it's a cold or something, or do any other home remedies. But there are also some things that you can't diagnose yourself and you can't treat yourself either. That's why it's helpful to go to a doctor or a physician assistant. Let them ask questions, do an exam, any tests or labs, make a diagnosis and provide a treatment plan. So same thing with your thoughts and feelings that are causing the actions and results that you have. Sometimes you're aware of some of them and might even be able to work on them yourself to get some results that you want. Sometimes you need a coach who can help you with this. This leads me to the last of the five best ways to avoid failure with eating habits and weight loss. You guessed it, work with a coach. But seriously though, of course this is going to significantly decrease your failure, right? And I'm going to take it one step further and say work with a coach on a weekly basis. I only work with my clients on a weekly basis because if you go longer than that, like say every other week, What ends up happening is it's very easy to slip back into old habits, whether that be your thoughts, feelings, or behaviors, or all of it, right? Of course, things can come up like illness and whatnot, but we work around that to keep it as consistent as possible because like I mentioned earlier, that's so important. So like I mentioned earlier too, with consistency being key, consistently working on all of those changes and meeting with a coach on a weekly basis is going to increase your chance of success exponentially. It's not even just the accountability, support, or encouragement. That's just a small piece of it. Most of it is the consistency with making progress with skills, consistency with making those small changes I discussed earlier, consistency with being consistent, right? Also consistency with working on your thoughts and making sure you're feeling more of the feelings that are good fuel for the actions needed to get the results you want. So With that being said about weekly and staying on top of things and being very consistent, just ask yourself if you're being really consistent with what you're doing currently and be honest with yourself. A lot of times life sort of gets in the way and when you're trying to do it on your own, it is more difficult to be consistent and that's not your fault. That's completely normal and natural. So just ask yourself, sort of really be honest and look at your consistency in general And referring back to the other four best ways to avoid failure, remember how I mentioned finding all of your triggers and addressing them? Well, having a coach helps with that because there are usually some that you're not aware of. And if you find that you are aware of maybe one or two and you're working on those and still not really seeing the result, it may be because there are other triggers you're not aware of and also maybe not necessarily knowing how to treat them, if you will. So if you were to ask yourself, you know, am I aware of all of my triggers? The answer may very well be no. And why would you know all of your triggers, right? You have a career that's probably not in the world of eating habits or in the coaching industry, right? So don't be too hard on yourself. Also, 
it can be very tempting to not stay on track with the small changes that I mentioned um, as I think number two, right? So sometimes you might feel like challenging yourself to make all the drastic changes, but I will keep the reins on you so you don't make that mistake. Trust me, I get it. You're driven and it's easy to want to try to do it all. But in the case of habits, again, those small changes are better. That all being said, of course you can get results doing your own thing, but if you really want to decrease the risk of failure as much as humanly possible, then take into consideration all of these five best ways to avoid failure. And remember, having someone to help with all that and more makes the journey to getting the results you dream of so much easier and more direct. Less yo-yoing, if you've heard that term before, meaning less going up and down with your efforts and results, less of a roller coaster ride and more smooth sailing. All right, I'll stop with the cheesy analogies. So see which of these you're doing really well already and which you may need help with. Give yourself credit for what you're already doing and give yourself credit for awareness of where you need help. I know it's tough asking for help sometimes. I have struggled a lot with that my whole life, but I am much better now. And believe me, I don't want to go back to trying to do it all on my own. Not worth it for the really important things like health and well-being and happiness. Maybe the smaller things like painting a few rooms in your house, but not the things that really affect how you feel and affect your future. All right, that's what I have for you on how to avoid failure with weight loss and eating habits. Take care, claim your spot for the workshop with the link on the episode page or in the episode description, and I'll talk with you next week. Hey, if you want to stop wasting time not getting the eating habit or weight loss results you want, then set up a free consult with me. I'll find out where you're struggling, where you really want to be, and the best way to get you there. Think of it like taking the highway using GPS rather than staying lost on back roads with no GPS or map. Just go to katemjohnston.com and you'll see where you can request a free consult right on the homepage.